Hi, this is Judy Norton from The Waltons and the upcoming movie Inclusion Criteria, and I'm on next on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 494 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with the guests from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, it is Judy Norton from The Waltons joining us, and her latest film is out on April 13th. It's called Inclusion Criteria. We're going to be talking about... That and a whole lot more with Judy Norton. Stick around for that. It's coming your way in a few minutes. And it's also our summer movie preview. So get ready. Let's get into Remake Madness and find out what's coming your way as far as remakes in this summer season. Right here on On Screen and Beyond. Remake Madness, as far as the summer movie preview, Overboard gets a remake on May 4th. Originally, that was Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. And Superfly gets reinvented on June 15th. The Hustle on June 29th remakes Dirty Rotten Scoundrels from 1988 with Steve Martin. And let's see, Valley Girl is a musical adaptation of the 1983 film. will be arriving on June 28th. And that's it for Remake Madness as far as the summer movie preview. Next on On Screen or Beyond, what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies? Upcoming new movies coming our way in the summer movie preview. It looks like Melissa McCarthy will star in Life of the Party on May 11th. And Show Dogs with Will Arnett will be landing in theaters on May 18th. And let's see, we also have Tag. It's going to be bringing an holes barred game of Tag to the theaters on June 15th. And Skyscraper with Dwayne Johnson jumps its way into theaters on July 13th. And The Spy Who Dumped Me on August 3rd, starring Mila Kunis. And on August 3rd, you can look for Disney's Christopher Robin coming our way. And that's it for upcoming new movies in our summer movie preview. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way is this summer as far as sequels? Well, it's next right here on On Screen and Beyond. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Sequel City coming our way in the summer movie preview. It looks like the Avengers... Infinity War arrives on April 27th. May 18th, Deadpool 2 brings back the raunchy humor in a superhero package once again. And Solo, a Star Wars story, is going to be flying into theaters on May 25th. The Incredibles 2 comes our way on June 15th. And Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, June 22nd. July 6th, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And look for Hotel Transylvania 3, Summer Vacation, on July 13th. 
And Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, July 20th. And on July 27th, Mission Impossible, Fallout. That's it for Sequel City coming our way in theaters in this summer movie preview. Next on On Screen and Beyond, let's take a look at what's coming away as far as TV on DVD. TV on DVD, well, let's see. We've got a few things coming your way. On May 8th, Police Woman, the complete final season, hits DVD. On May 8th, also, you can look for Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In, the fourth season, and The Dukes of Hazards, season four through seven, on June 5th. And that's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? Movies on DVD, it looks like Peter Rabbit will be hopping into stores on May 1st. And Samson muscles his way into stores on May 15th. And it's rumored that Champaquitic, which is out now in theaters just just this week, will come to Blu-ray and DVD sometime in August. And that's it for Movies on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and entertainment time, it looks like Joan Collins of Dynasty fame will join the cast of American Horror Story for season eight. And Hugh Laurie has joined the cast of Catch-22, the TV show, with George Clooney. And Terry Hatcher has been talking about wanting to do a Lois and Clark, The Adventures of Superman reboot. Time will tell. That's the big thing right now, so who knows? It might happen. And that's it for TV and entertainment time. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's Celebrity Birthdays. Celebrity birthdays. April 9th, Cynthia Nixon of Sex and the City turns 52. Steven Seagal turns 66 on April 10th. April 12th, Ed O'Neill turns 72. On April 13th, Ron Perlman, Beauty and the Beast, turns 68. And on April 14th, Loretta Lynn turns 86. And on April 15th, Seth Rogen turns 36. And that's it for celebrity birthdays. As far as listener birthdays, we had one come in. It's Maisie T turns 56 on April 8th, and she's from Washington, D.C. That's it for celebrity and listener birthdays. If you, a friend or relative, are going to be having a birthday, send the information to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. We'll all be wishing you a very happy birthday. Happy birthday to all those people. And next on On Screen and Beyond, Judy Norton is going to be joining us. She was, of course, on The Waltons for all those years. And she's been still making movies and TV shows all along. And she has a new film coming out on April 13th. It's called Inclusion Criteria. Get ready for that. Judy Norton's going to talk about that and a whole lot more right here on On Screen and Beyond. Next. Today's guest on On Screen and Beyond is an actress, director, producer, writer, and singer who graced our TV screens in the 70s and 80s in the iconic family TV show, The Waltons, in the role as Mary Ellen Walton. Since then, she has appeared in many TV shows and movies, including her latest film that she wrote, produced, and stars in, called Inclusion Criteria. 
It's Judy Norton. Judy, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you. Now, Judy, a new movie coming out. Uh, you must be excited about that. I am, yeah, very. <laughs> Can you give us a little idea of what the, what the movie's about? Sure. Um, inclusion Criteria is about my character, Tara, who's um, a sort of fragile, introverted painter. And um, she starts experiencing some some very odd circumstances in her life. Um, you know, things start moving, in, you know, things dis- are disappearing or moving and then coming back. And, and she isn't sure if she's literally going crazy because her mom um, had a mental breakdown um, or whether she's being stalked by someone for some sinister reason. So it's, it's very much a suspense drama thriller, you know, that's takes you on this journey as she you know fights to determine what's what's really going on in her life and and if she what options she has to deal with it Mm -hmm. now take us through the process i mean because you you wrote this and you're of course like i said producing and starring in it but what was the process of coming up with the idea for the movie did it did just come to you or were you specifically sitting down and thinking of you know doing this movie or trying to come up with an idea of a movie or how, how did that come about well it was it was a con like a kernel of an idea from um something i had read about a number of years back that i just found very disturbing and concerning and i can't tell you exactly what that is because it would kind of give away the film because mm-hmm. it is ultimately you know the you know, the payoff for the film. (laughs) Um, But it just kind of stayed with me. And um, a few years ago, Josh Hodgins, my my director and one of my co-producers, and I were were having lunch. And um, and for some reason, we got on the subject of suspense, you know, um, psychological drama type, you know, things like that. And I said, I have this concept. And I sort of ran it by him briefly, and he went, ooh, I really like that, and if you ever decide to do it, let me know. I'd love to be a part of it. So flash forward about nine months, and, and we were having lunch again, and, and I said, you know, I've been thinking about this, Josh, and I really think I'm going to go ahead and write it, you know, if, you, if you'd like to be involved. He goes, yeah. He goes, why don't you star in it, and I'll direct it. And that was the first time I really thought even considered the the concept of developing it as a property for myself as an actor. Um, but I kind of went, Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> you know, what would I want to do with that if I were playing the, you know, the main character. So then I started, you know, developing the script from there because I had to kind of take this, you know, this kernel of an idea and of course set up everything and the whole scenario that would ultimately come to this, you know, this, this point in the end, you know, mm-hmm. this point of recognition. Um, so, you know, that was that was just then a lot of a lot of hard work and a lot of you know, plotting things out and and um, as with anything that's a bit of a mystery, mm-hmm. you know, to try and make sure that you layer in everything you need so that all the clues are there, but they aren't too obvious, but they aren't so hidden that anyone goes, well, that makes no sense. Where'd that come from? <laughs> you know, so it's a lot of back and forth and you know, mul- like putting the onion together that then will get peeled when people watch it. Mm-hmm. 
how long was the process of writing the the script itself? Um, I it was some um, over several months, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, back and forth, and so you know, yeah. uh, I started it probably in around February of 2016, and we shot it in November of 2016. So you know, there was like a you know first draft that was probably you know couple months of, of you know slapping down a first draft mm-hmm. and then, yeah. you know, going okay good I got bones you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then going back in and you know digging it all and then sending it to Josh and getting his notes and you know so you know it's a process mm-hmm. do you like doing more than just one thing you know like the, the acting or did you find it more challenging to do you know as much as you can um well, the the good thing about acting in something that I wrote is that I know so much of the backstory, mm-hmm. um, and I I understand a lot of the history of the character and the point. But I also, in digging into it as an actor, come across questions that I, as a writer, failed to ask myself as a writer. You know, and that's the great thing when you bring actors on board is. You know, an actor strictly focuses on their character's journey through this film, and so they will be the ones who go, you know, there's a contradiction here or something, or this doesn't make sense because, you know, what what's this about? And and um, a couple of my um, actor friends who who worked on the pro- you know who came on board as actors on the project would, you know, pick my brain about their character. You know, which would really make me have to, you know, dive even deeper into <laughs> their character. And as we talked about their character, it it in, it gave me more information about my character. So by the time we went into film, which was a very short, intense filming um, time, mm-hmm. you know, we'd had uh, the opportunity to do a lot of layers of you know of research and homework. So that that really helped. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's always <laughs> but nice. I also feel more pressure because it's like, well, hey, you wrote it, so right. you can't pull it off. <laughs> right. I mean, who better to ask how, what the person is supposed to be like than the writer? But you know, yeah. did you ever find yourself saying, "Well, I don't know. I didn't think that far." Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, or, you know, it's always like, who wrote this? You know, or, I don't know that I can play this, or I don't know that this really feels right here. You know. But the good news is, as the writer. You know, there were things that, you know, that got changed along the way. And, you know, Mm -hmm. um, about three or four days into the filming, I had this light bulb moment and decided that I should change the ending. Um, So I went to the director and went, I just, you know, I think if we shift this and this in the ending, it'll make a much stronger ending. And he liked the idea. Unfortunately, we were only a few days into the filming, so making those adjustments didn't affect anything we'd shot so far. You know, mm-hmm. like we don't have to change anything that we've already filmed, and we have to change very little else. It's really just the payoff in the end with, you know, mm-hmm. some different elements to it. Yeah. Do you find yourself? Uh, I've talked to a lot of directors and and uh, actors and people who are you know involved with films, and uh, uh, do you find yourself after? you're done filming that you think to yourself, oh, I wish I'd done this this way or change this or, <laughs> you know? Um, I think, you know, there were things, uh, I mean, there's so many ways to tell a story. 
Um, and that's what I, I kind of had to learn early on as a writer is, you know, when, when other people would, you know, want to change, you know, my work and stuff like that was just really coming to, it's like, okay, different people have a different vision on a story. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I love when it's a collaboration, um, as opposed to a dictatorship, you know, I, I either I don't like to work that way personally, and I don't necessarily like to work under that kind of a system. But you know, you adapt. You know, I just I feel like it's my job to deliver whatever you know is needed. But um, you know, I certainly like when when the process evolves in a positive way, and this one really did all along. Mm-hmm. How did you come up with a title? Ah, um, it's funny because its working title was uh, actually X Y Z Factor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, because I, I couldn't, I couldn't come up with the title. I'm just okay. I'm just going to call it that because that's what I started like. You know, mm-hmm. it was again a, a, a germ, a part of it. But um, there was a point where I was writing, where um, my husband has a has a science background, and you know his his schooling was was along that line, and I needed something. I needed a reference term um, for a scene, and I didn't know what it should be. You know, so I went to him and I said, "Well, you know, what would you, re- how would you refer to blah 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 situation or something like this?" And he, and he said, "Well, you know, it would be like an inclusion criteria." You know, and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." And so that went in the script, and then we still hadn't titled it until we were in the editing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I played with a lot of different things because she's an artist, she's a painter, you know, trying to maybe find art terms that would encompass not just the artist in her, but something about the story. And, you know, nothing was really striking. And, and we did at one point play with the idea of um, the title Grayscale, which we also really liked, but there were one mm-hmm. or two other films with that title, and one of them was fairly recent. Uh. So, you know, we were just trying to look for something that wouldn't, if people you know, searched it, they wouldn't come up with someone else's film instead right. of ours, yeah. you know? Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> after all... With different sorts of things, but not film, like on inclusion criteria. Yeah, I mean, after all these years of, of filmmaking, it, it, it's really hard to find a title that hasn't been used. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it's not that you can't do, right. you know, duplicate titles, obviously, yeah. but those can't be copywritten, but... Um, you know, unless unless you're in a position to be doing a big blockbuster that's going to become, you know, the one that people associate with that title, then, you know, mm. you run into, you know, that people will gravitate to someone else's film instead of yours. And in right. the indie world, you know, you're searching for every foot up that you can get to make it easier for people to find your film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'd be hard to call it Star Wars or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, you know. That could be a problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. You, if you did name it that, you'd be jumped on by upteen million lawyers, probably. Well, they probably would just, you know, consider you a, you know, a gnat because right. again, you wouldn't get the attention, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, now, like I said, you produced this, you wrote it, and you're starring in it. Did you ever think about being the director of it also? Because you've done some directing. No. Um, not with a not with a role like this. I have directed some things I've done, mm-hmm. um, but you know it kind of depends on the on the kind of role. And 
I just felt like this role was so demanding that I really wanted, I wanted outside eyes on it, mm -hmm. you know, um, and and that ended up being really beneficial. Plus, it, it would have, you know, directing takes a, you know a whole focus of its own, and so it's, you know, if I'm doing something that's a bit of a smaller role, you know, I feel much more comfortable saying, okay, my performance won't suffer, you know. Um, by my directing and my directing won't suffer because of my acting demands. And if I feel like I can, you know, I can balance those two effectively in neither one and that the other actors won't feel, you know, unsupported mm -hmm. in the way that they need to be, then, then I'm okay with it. But this one, I really just wanted to focus on the acting because it was, you know, such a intense, you know, role to play. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I trusted Josh, you know, we've worked together before and he's, you know, we're on the same wavelengths and, you know, his crew is amazing. So it's kind of like there's a shorthand on the set and it was, it just made it so much easier for me to just go in and focus and do my job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, writing and then acting, uh, even though you did make changes is still, uh, you know, you've done one thing and now you're doing the other with changes yeah. in between, yeah. but directing, I, I, Myself, I couldn't. Not that, not that I'm an actor, that's for sure. But, but uh, the just the idea of trying to act in it and direct it, it, it just takes so much time. And if, like you say, it's an emotional yeah. role that you're doing, uh, you know, you don't want to lose your headspace and also try to figure out if you're acting the way you want it to be. Yeah, because you need to be accessible as the director to every department, mm -hmm. you know, and their questions, and you know, and so. If I have emotional material to deliver, you know, as an actor, I need to make sure that I am prepared to step in front of the camera and, and deliver that, you know. Um, so, yeah, this, this just wouldn't have been um, – it, it just would have been one too many things to try and, and, you know, deal with. Yeah, I mean, when I do direct things that I act in, um, I prepare I prepare a lot differently as an actor. You know, I will do – all my work in advance of even showing up, you know, for the first day of filming. I mean, which I do to a great degree also, but I mean, I will literally do things like put myself on camera in advance and play with the scene so that I can watch my performance then as a director and go, well, that's, you know, what, what notes would I give that actor, you know, mm -hmm. literally. <laughs> so I will, you know, I will work in video format, you know, digital format prior to the actual filming. So it's kind of like, doing all the screen tests and all the stuff, you know, myself so that I can direct my performance. And then I was working on a TV series up in Canada called Bluff, a, de a sort of detective series. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I was directing, I had written a number of those episodes and was playing sort of a recurring character. And so I was directing some of the episodes as well. And which, you know, you'll see a lot on TV, you'll see series regulars, all of a sudden you'll see their name on, and it's like, oh, they're directing that episode. Right. But the yeah. thing is, you know those characters really well. Like, I could have directed an episode of The Waltons with no problem, mm -hmm. because I knew the characters so well, and you you, know, you knew what was going on. So it's, it's, that's an easier transition. Yeah. Um, but in that case, I knew what I needed to be doing, and I knew, it's you know, as an actor, I know my little quirks. <laughs> So I literally I had a couple of people, actors on the set that I really trusted. But if I was on 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 screen, you know, in front of the camera, I'd go, okay, go stand by the by the monitor, and watch for this and this, 
and let me know if I did either of those things because those are like, you know, those are my bad habits <laughs> that are, you know, you know, this one means I'm trying to remember my lines and this one means, you know. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there were certain things that I'd go, how is that? Was you know, and they'd go, yeah, 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 it was okay. Or, uh, <laughs> you know, like, okay, good. I need to do that again. Thanks. You know, because I didn't want to take the time. I could have gone and said, good, play that back for me. Let me look at it. But that, you know, that takes a lot of time. And when you're working fast, right, you can't always, I didn't want to indulge myself as the actor going, I need to watch my performance, you know. So it's like, okay, I just need to trust it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So uh, April 13th, this comes out in theaters. Yes. And on yes. video on demand, you said? Um, yes, yes. It's, it's, we're having a limited um, Hollywood um, uh, release mm -hmm. uh, at the Arena Cine Lounge in, in Hollywood on Sunset Boulevard. And then it'll also be rolling out for other parts of the country where, um, where we're not doing um, an initial theatrical release. Uh, it'll be available on a lot of video on demand platforms and also... Are pretty close to the same time DVD even mm -hmm. um, so you'll have those two options it'll be like through platforms like Amazon and Best Buy and Walmart and mm -hmm. um, so people will be able to get it and, and watch it hopefully that's great now you yeah. mentioned the Waltons and I, I have to ask you some questions about the Waltons if it's okay with you <laughs> sure <laughs> but uh, uh, you mentioned uh, that you could have directed uh some of the Walton's episodes. So you never got a chance to do that back then? Were you thinking of being a director, at that, doing any directing at that time? Um, I don't know that I was really thinking about it. Um, and, you know, I was, I, was in, I was only in my early 20s when the series ended, so I don't know that they were ready to, you know. I mean, um, Ralph Waite directed some episodes. Richard Thomas directed one episode. Um, but nobody in the cast else in the cast directed. But we did have a lot of, uh, like, assistant directors that, that stepped up and, and directed episodes. So there was a point where we – the show was such a well-oiled machine. You know, mm -hmm. we all so were in a groove in knowing what we were doing and what we – that it, it – you could – you could bring in and allow first-time directors an opportunity to direct and know that it was in good hands, you know, like that they would be cared for, with, that the cast knew what they were doing and the crew knew what they were doing. So, you know, there was a lot of support there for for a new director stepping up. Um, you know, some did it more successfully than others, and, mm -hmm. you know, some were... <laughs> Some were easier to work with than others, you know, yeah. but, um, but, you know, so I just don't think it, it, you know, it, at, you know, 21 or 22 that I don't know that I felt ready to step up and say, Hey, you know, could I direct, but, you know, I, you spend nine years watching the process and watching these pros do their work that you kind of go, Hey, you know, I understand where the camera needs to go. I understand what kind of shots need to be done. I understand you know, the style of the show. Um, and that's probably why so much, you know, the majority of my writing has been, you know, more drama-based, mm -hmm. even if there's comedy in it, although I spent eight years writing musical comedies for a theater company, you know. But I'm not, I'm, I, I, if you asked me to step into, like, a sitcom arena, I'd be like, huh, what? You know, <laughs> either in the writing or the directing. I'd be like, ah, this I do not know, mm -hmm. you know. So um, I kind of, I'm, I'm fine staying in my lane. It's, you know, 
it's a comfortable lane for me, but, you know, gives me challenges and a lot, you know, and then a number of things I've written have been kind of, you know, more of a, uh, you know, moving out. I've written some, you know, detective things. I wrote a paranormal thing. You know, these are, these are projects that are kind of in development and hopefully we'll see the light of day. Oh, you know? good. Yeah. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So... Was that show, I mean, it, it seemed like you grew up in front of us, and, and, and you know, it seems like we've known you forever. <laughs> but uh, uh, was that a, a show that you had to audition for, or did, were they looking for you, or what, what was the whole thing with that? It was, I auditioned for it. Um, originally, the, the a majority of the cast were hired to do The Homecoming, which was, Mm-hmm, the original kind of turned turned out to be our pilot, but was not originally designed to be a pilot for a series. It was just meant to be a Christmas TV movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I'd been acting for a number of years already and had been out auditioning on a lot of things. And, you know, so I was called in for this character of Mary Ellen. And I was kind of like, I know this character <laughs> because I was a tomboy and I was, you know, I was like, so, you know, and I walked in and I saw the same group of girls I always saw in auditions and you know uh, you know the ones that I went oh shoot she got that thing I wanted and she got that <laughs> thing I wanted and you know there was sort of you know that sort of professional rivalry that went on with a certain group of us at the time and um so this time I ended up on top you know mm-hmm. so yeah and, and... Um, but it was you know it was a couple of different interviews you know in once then called back again then called back again and you know and then when they went to series um, they really just invited, you know, at least the younger Richard Thomas and all of the kids, you know, it was all the same cast from the homecoming and, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and Ellen Corby. And then they, um, replaced, um, Patricia Neal with Michael Learned and Andrew Duggan with Ralph Waite and Edgar Bergen with Will Gear, you know, and then same thing with the supporting, you know, some of the recurring supporting cast, you know, they, they recast, you know. Yeah, we've we've had uh, actually three other, three or four, I think it was three, <laughs> other cast members uh, mm. from the Waltons on the show. Mary was on the show and Michael, and so uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but uh, it, it it was just such a show that it was family oriented and everybody enjoyed watching it. It was just such a nice show. You did a mm. did a great job. Thank on you. That. Yeah. yeah, we it was very special to us too. There any certain episodes that were closest to your heart? Um, I mean, there was there were certain ones that stood out for all of us, like um, when they burned the house down. I think mm-hmm. a lot of us mention that when people ask us, you know, about episodes that stand out. It was just so, there was such a sense of realism because, I mean, we were actually working with real fire. You know, mm-hmm. that was not, that was not uh, computer generated because there wasn't all that computer generated stuff in you know in the 1970s right. um so 
you know, they definitely like the night when the house actually burned and we were shooting at night, which rarely we didn't do very often that we shot late into the night um, because there were so many kids that, you know, we had to, you know, start early and then the kids had to go home. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So that would kind of a lot of times be the end of the day. Um, but we shot late, like on a Friday night and, and there was all these like people. Um, I don't know, even know who they were, but it was like we had a, a whole group of people extra people hanging around watching, you know, like people heard that we were going to be shooting. I'm sure there were, you know, fire safety people and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but there was almost like uh, a lot of looky-loos, you know, <laughs> and we were like, you know, on the studio, and so it wasn't like, you know, the public wandered by, a, you know, a working set. Um, but yeah, it was just, but it was real easy for, for all of us to just feel that that, you know, that that was happening, and um for me, other things that stand out are the Easter story when our mom had polio and and um, and I had like one of my first dances and, you know, had to teach GW how to dance, you know, but I got John Boy to teach me how to dance so that I could teach GW how to dance. And, you know, I mean, it was just some sweet things. And, yeah. Um, and when and the last episode Richard did when he was leaving, you know, I mean, there were things like that, you know, whenever when people, you know, when he left, it was very emotional for all of us. You know, because we knew he was really leaving. You know, he wasn't going to be back the next season. We weren't going to have him on the set every day. And when Ellen Corby came back after her stroke, you know, that was like, oh my mm. goodness, you know. Yeah. Did so, Did you yeah, know? I mean, we we lived, we had life together. Yeah. Know? So so a lot of it was reflected. You know, the, the saying goodbye to Grandpa on the mountain. You know, when he had died between seasons. You know, we just we celebrated all aspects of life for real. Did you know when the series ended, that which must have been an incredibly uh, emotional last episode, but did you know that you were going to possibly be doing some more TV movies uh, in the next year and things like that, or was that something no, after? No, I mean, for starters, we did not know it was our last episode when we shot it. Ah, okay. We just, you know, we shot the last episode of season nine, and then we waited to hear if we were going to be back. And we, the cast heard about that through the rumor mill that we had wow. been canceled. So it wasn't even as if somebody, you know, from the production company called and said, you know, we're not picking up the show or, you know, called an eight year agent and your agent called you. No, it was just sort of like, Oh, you know, it's like hearing it on the radio. Oh, and you know, the Waltons has been canceled. And it's like, Oh, okay. We've been canceled. <laughs> you know? Um, so it was, it was, you know, I remember I was in it. I was in Atlanta, Georgia at the time. And I was like, Oh, you know, it was almost like surreal. Like, I, I just don't even know how to think about this. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know how to feel about this. Um, so, and it was a number of months later before they, you know, talked about bringing us back and doing three TV movies. And so that was, you know, great to be back together. And then it was another, like, ten years before we did, um, over the course of five years, three more reunion movies. Yeah. <laughs> what was it like on on the the last one when you know getting back together with all these people that you 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 know basically grew up with? Oh, it's like the best of you know um, family reunions or high school reunions or whatever because we literally got to go back and do it again, you mm-hmm. know, and we got to actually get together and not just visit, which you know we do whenever we can, but we got to relive it, you know, mm-hmm. because. It's like, here's a script, and we're back, and we're filming, and 
our living room doesn't look exactly the same, you know, but we'd sit there and we'd go, oh, yeah, the door used to be there, and oh, that's not quite the sofa. Really? <laughs> yeah, and then at one point for the very last um, reunion movie we did, they had moved. Well, at one point, the house was on the back lot of Warner Brothers Studios, and there was a fire, and so it burned down. And so they had to rebuild it for one of our reunions. And then they moved it because they were putting office buildings up on the back lot of Warner Brothers. And so they moved the house because it was just a kind of a facade. You know, there really right. wasn't anything inside. Um, it was just front and sides, and there was not even a back to it, you know. Um, so they moved it over to one of their sort of ranch things, which was only a few blocks away in, in Burbank. And, and so when we went on to that set, and a few years ago when Entertainment Weekly did a did a sort of reunion photo thing, they were doing, you know, reunion photos of a lot of different casts from shows and things. Right. And and so they the, that picture was taken in, in the front yard of, of that house as well. And every time we get over there, we're like, oh, this just isn't right. That tree's in the wrong place. And the barn wasn't really there. And where's the swing? And, you know, <laughs> I mean, it was just like it was, you know, nine ten years of our lives mm -hmm. you know and so we had all those details and you know so every time there was a change we knew about it <laughs> <laughs> well judy i want to finish up with two final <clears throat> excuse me two final quick questions taking us away from uh, your new movie inclusion and criteria coming out on april 13th and everybody should be sure to check that out and uh, taking us away from the waltons and, and everything else you've done in between but when you sit back and relax, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past? And what are your favorite movies now and of the past? Mm. What are you watching? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you binge? <laughs> wow. Uh, well, loved Downton Abbey. My husband and I would just, like, so look forward to that, mm -hmm. you know, when it was on. And, and you know, we'll watch um, various Together, we enjoy watching a lot of actually British mystery stuff. You know, we watched all of Foyle's War. We're watching Midsummer Murders right now, and you know, so um, so we'll do we'll do things like that. I'll, you know, I will try and you know catch various different shows that you know are new, are are newer. And um, you know, I've been watching things like Madam Secretary, Survivor. I I love Timeless. I was so glad when they mm. brought it back for a second season. Um, you know, I've I've watched NCIS over the years. I just, you know, um, I watch more drama than sitcoms. <laughs> Go figure. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I just you know, variety of things. I've been enjoying some of the, and sometimes it'll start because someone, someone I know is doing a show. You know, a friend of mine was doing an episode of uh, SEAL Team, and so I watched that and got mm -hmm. totally hooked. And you know. Um, so, yeah, you know, dramas, good dramas, you know, and then I'll occasionally do something like, uh, you know, when I didn't watch Mad Men when it was first on, but then I, you know, binge watched all the, you know, all the seasons. Great show. Yeah, you know, over a few a few months or things like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, growing up, I mean, it was kind of whatever my mom, you know, we had one TV, so, you know, mom ruled the remote. <laughs> <you know? laughs> um, so, you know, that was always a variety of, of, of things, you know, and it could be. You know, sitcoms like I remember watching Gilligan's Island and you mm -hmm. know things like that, and yeah. you know, or but or you know drama things. Um, so, you know, had kind of a 
fair and even variety shows, you know, Carol Burnett show, stuff uh, like that. Yeah. Um, what about movies? Um, movies. Uh, I like, I, I hate to say, I, I like smart movies, you know, I'm not, um, I, again, not so much. I like a good comedy, you know, my, you know, what the kind, I, you know, my sense of humor is, you know, is maybe a little more, um, sophisticated then sometimes you know i find the style that's not geared for my demographic let's say mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> um but uh i like action you know i mean i like all the you know, i like superhero movies you know i mean I, I i've enjoyed um a lot of the you know what marvel's been doing and stuff like that um but then you know come award time i mean uh i watched a lot of the you know the nominees i i really you know i liked shape of water i loved um, uh, Darkest Hour, The Post. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were there were so many things. I, uh, one of my favorite movies recently was um, The Greatest Showman. I, I just yeah. loved. You know, I, I I love musicals. So I was going to say, know, do you do you like it? Because I know you're a singer too. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just you know, I, I mean, it had me from the first moment that the music started up with this like driving beat, and I was like, okay, I'm in. You know, <laughs> and then I thought it was so well crafted. I thought the soundtrack was was fabulous. I yeah, I have it. It it was on loop. You know, on my in my car for <laughs> weeks. You know, <laughs> um, yeah, and, and you know, in terms of classic movies, um, you know, probably Casablanca is one of my all time favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's you know there's fun things like Sleepless in Seattle and Groundhog Day and Princess Bride and you know, things like that that I can, you know, mm-hmm. watch yeah. over and over again. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, I like at Christmas time, I have the traditional things I watch, like It's a Wonderful Life and White Christmas and The Bishop's Wife and, you know, so. Things you have um, to watch. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Miracle on 34th Street, you know. Right, um, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, huh. yeah, and, you know, I, and I, I like, you know, and I like family. I like family stuff, so, you know, I'll, I'll I'll watch a lot of the Hallmark Christmas movies and stuff, and even during the year, I'll you know catch some of them and stuff like that. You know, well, my roots are my roots. You yeah. Know? <laughs> well, Judy, I, I, I want to thank you so much for joining us. I, I've, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed seeing you on TV and in movies ever since you were just a little girl, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, I do appreciate you joining us. And people should go out on April thirteenth catch Inclusion Criteria in theaters and on on demand and then you said on blu-ray and dvd so uh, mm-hmm. i wish you luck with that and thank you so much for thank joining you. us uh, thank you i appreciate you having me on and of course i would like to thank judy norton for joining us here at on screen and beyond and letting us in on her new film inclusion criteria be sure to check that out on april 13th in theaters and on demand so you can get it both ways and of course uh, just watch the Waltons. You'll see her, her great acting and uh, all sorts of uh, things that she's been in. It was fun to talk to her. And uh, she's, what, the fourth, I think, person from the Waltons we've had here at On Screen and Beyond. You can hear all their interviews if you go back to onscreenandbeyond.com. Go to our rerun section. They're all there. You can go to iTunes. It's, it's, it's either way. You can get them. So... Uh, we appreciate you uh, listening to that one. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, if you have a suggestion for a guest, send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. I'll see what I can do about getting that person on. 
And uh, we are slowly moving up here to our 500th episode, and uh, that's quite a milestone. I really... Uh, you know, surprised. It seems like it's flown right by, but we've been doing this for this is our 11th season. So anyways, uh, if you have a suggestion for a guest, you want to like us, go to Facebook and like us and all that stuff. But uh, tell a friend. That's the biggest thing. Get more people listening to On Screen and Beyond. Have them go back to our rerun section and hear all those great people we've talked with and uh, hope they enjoy it. And that's it. That's a wrap for this week. So until next week, when do we once again take you on screen and beyond? I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. <laughs>